Hello, welcome to another episode of the Supernatural Life Podcast. I'm Shadi Akimbi, your host on this podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today for this episode. I pray that you are encouraged and strengthened as the word of the Lord comes today. And today we are going to be talking about how to be strong in the Lord because we need to be strong in the Lord. We need strength in these days we are. We need to be strong so that we can take everything that God has already offered us. God has given us his promises in the Bible to live in victory. There is a lot of doom and gloom in the world, but God is above all the doom and gloom of this world. All things are subjected to God. God has created all things for us to enjoy his goodness, his love, his mercy. They are new every morning. The Bible tells us. But the devil will stop at nothing to exploit your weakness and steal what is rightly yours. This is why we need to be strong spiritually. To resist the enemy from stealing what God has ordained for us. What the, the blessings of God for our lives. God has given us his word as the weapon of warfare so that we can be strong and we can be equipped with his power to stand strong in faith so that we can receive everything that God has for us. God will fight your battle if you will know how to stand strong in faith. God is that faithful. God has provided all the weapons we need to stand strong in faith. What we need to do is to be ready to fight the good fight of faith, to be willing to stand up in Jesus' name. You know, God told Moses when they faced the Red Sea and Pharaoh and the, his army, they were coming behind them. They had no other hope. There was no way in the natural. But God told Moses, you stand and you will see the salvation of the Lord. These Egyptians you see today, God said, you will see no more. God was going to fight their battle. And all Moses had to do was to trust God and stand on the word of God. Stand on that promise. And God did that. God fought the battle for him and gave Moses the victory because he stood strong on the word of the Lord. And this is how we fight the good fight of faith. We don't fight, but we trust God to do the battle for us. We fight the good fight of faith by learning to stand strong on the promises of God. And so today, we on this podcast, we are going to talk about how can we be strong in the Lord? What do we need to do? How to receive his promises by standing strong? I want to encourage you, let your confidence be in God. Let what God says about you be your confidence. Not what you feel, not what how it looks in the world. I want to encourage you today. God says you are victorious. No matter how it looks, if you will believe God, God is able. God says you are more than a conqueror in that situation you are facing. Maybe you're facing a situation that has no hope. Maybe you are fighting an emotional battle that you are just, you feel drained and you, you feel totally hopeless. You can't find a way out. You're fighting a demonic oppression. You are fighting a demonic struggle in your mind. You are fighting family battle. You are fighting terminal illness in your body. They have told you it's over. No more hope. Whatever the situation, you are facing bankruptcy, financial trouble. 
God is able. God has given us his promises. Whatever situation you are facing today, I want you to be encouraged to listen to this word. Because as this word is coming, God is coming to meet you where you are. God says that the one who is in you is greater than the devil that is in the world. Is greater than the, those, those reports that you have right now. God is greater. The victory that overcomes the world is faith. Faith in God is how we overcome any situation in this world. It is God's word that gives us the boldness and the strength to stand strong against the evil, the enemy of our day. What God said to Joshua, again I'm telling you, he's saying it to you. God says to you today, I have given you the land. Whatever the land is for you, be strong. Whatever the promise is, is the land. The land is before you. God has given you. He's given you the land of favor. God has given you authority over the devil. He has given you supernatural breakthrough. God wants to break through for you today. God says, I have given you abundant joy and peace. Don't let the enemy steal your peace anymore. God has given you victory. Through Christ, we have the victory. So don't let the enemy rob you through ignorance of not knowing what is yours and how to lay hold, learn how to be strong and resist the enemy so that you can take everything that is yours, your salvation for, for your loved ones. The Bible says that salvation belongs to you and your family. You know how to stand no matter what. The enemy is a liar. You won't let the enemy steal what your purpose and your potentials are. God has already ordained those things. He has written those things even before you were conceived in your mother's womb. You are born for such a time as this. So don't let what you see, don't let your weakness rob you. You can lean on God and receive strength and receive everything that is yours. Let your confidence be in God. So let's go into the word of God now. Please come with me now to Joshua chapter 1. I'm going to read from I'm going to read verses 1 to 7. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua son of Nun, Moses aid, Moses my servant is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot. As I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Verse 7, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. So it is a commandment to be strong. God commanded Joshua to be strong. So if God says to be strong, that means it is possible to be strong. So how can we go about it? Um, I believe the first thing, if you want to be strong in the Lord, you have to live a surrendered life. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. 
in all your ways submit to him and you will make your paths straight that's what it is to live a surrendered life it means to live your life god's way god wants to be intimate in our lives he created us so that he can have a relationship with us so he wants us to walk with him the bible says two people cannot work together if they are not in agreement and that's what repentance means really repentance means turning from doing things our own way which is opposite god's way and then turn to doing things in a way that will be pleasing to god it's not about pleasing ourselves not walking the way of this flesh to do what we want to do how we want to do it and we just want god to just rubber stamp it it doesn't go like that two people cannot work together if they are not in agreement the ways of god are different from the ways of man so to to be strong in the lord we have to surrender to god's way it's no longer my will it's no longer my way, but I'm seeking to do the will of God. Romans 12 says that, Therefore I hold you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice that is holy and is pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, is good, is good, pleasing and perfect will. So that's how we can walk in that path that God wants for us. We have to retrain our minds not to go the way of this world, but to lean on God's understanding, to ask for his will and to walk in his will. You see, that's the way to be blessed. It's not enough to be willing, you know. It's not just that, oh, I want to be strong. Yes, I want to be strong. But we have to be obedient as well, to be obedient to the Lord. And that is where we can be strong in Him. Because it is in Him we have to be strong. In ourselves, we can be strong. You know, so many people have a religious view about living God's way. People think that Christianity is about rules. Then people begin to think, oh, if I accept Jesus Christ into my life, if I surrender my life to Jesus Christ, I'm going to miss this. I'm going to lose so much. I'm not going to have fun. People are thinking about what I'm going to lose, what I'm going to lose. Instead of what I am going to gain by giving my life to Christ, there's so much more to gain. You know, the way of the flesh leads to death. When we walk in our home way, the way of this world, it, we think it's fun. It's not fun. It's a way of destruction. It's a path that leads to destruction. It's not a path that God wants for us. I mean, for myself personally, I remember before I gave my life to Christ, I used to be very full of rules and regulation as well. I thought to follow God, you have to be religious. You have to do things. You have to be holy. So I was going about trying to be holy by myself, efforts. I'm a, I was trying to do things right. I was putting confidence in the in the law, in what, in observing certain rituals, certain things, going to church on Sundays, trying to be good by my morals, trying to do everything right. I tried so much. I, I just could not cope with it. 
I tried so much. Eventually, I just I gave up because the more I tried, the more frustrated I was. I felt so guilty. I felt so miserable because I thought that was the way to do it. My confidence was in my own flesh, which is what Paul was talking about in Philippians chapter 3, that don't put confidence in the flesh. Instead, put your confidence in the finished work of Christ. Have faith in what Christ has done for us. Christ has accomplished for us all that we need through uh, the work, uh, through the cross. He died for our sins. If I was good enough, Christ did not have to come then again to die for me. I didn't realize that. If I was able to do it, then why did God have to send Jesus Christ, his son, to come and die for my sins? But the day that I discovered Philippians 4, that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, the day I came across that, that phrase in the book that I... I don't have to try to be holy. Jesus has done it for me. I just need to come and receive the life of Christ. And that life, the Holy Spirit, the power of God will help me to live the holy life. It will help me to please God. I needed to focus on having a relationship with God. Thanking God that he's forgiving my sins through Christ. And then coming to him and receiving his plans for my life. I didn't think that God had a plan for my life. I thought life was just about whatever it's going to be, it's going to be. You can try as much as possible. But then, you know, faith, you know, mother nature, things might just not go the same way you think. But if you're lucky, that was how I lived my life. I was living by my emotion, by my, you know, I had to have everything in control. If things were not in control, I was like freaking out. I was worried and anxious. I had no peace. I, I can remember that very clearly. There was no peace. Nothing I did gave me peace. And this is what so many people have. We, we are so many people are. They think that, you know, Christianity is about doing rules and doing all these good works. Yes, good works is fine. But good works cannot save anybody. Because all our good works are like flitty rags. But we have to humble ourselves and put our trust in what Jesus Christ has done. And then God gives us the ability, the strength to live a life that is pleasing to him. That is, it is when we come through Christ that we are accepted. We are loved. God has not planned destruction for anybody. God never meant destruction, even from the very beginning. In the beginning, in the book of Genesis, the Bible tells us that God created us in his own image and in his likeness. And he had a purpose. He had a plan in place. He created us so that we can enjoy the work of his son. He primarily created us to have fellowship with him. And he created all things good and beautiful. Everything ready for us and gave us dominion over all things. So he, he called us, God, God is not... What you know, we have so many, so many religious beliefs that they are just not of God. God is a good God. In the beginning, He created everything good until Adam sinned, and there, there was rebellion, and they, they were tempted by the devil, and the fall of man. Sin came and started to ravage, to destroy. Even still, then, God did not condemn, God still sent Jesus Christ, His own Son, to come and die for our sins. 
to save us. He didn't leave it for us to come and find him. He came looking for us. And Jesus said that I have come that they might have life, an abundant life. That is a life of peace, a life of joy, a life of hope. Even though we are in this world of trouble, Jesus said, my peace I give to you, not as this world give to you, but my own peace. That means Christ himself is our peace, is our anchor, is the one who holds us, is the one who fights our battle. So there might be trouble in the world, but he said, in him we can rejoice. We can rejoice because he already won the battle. He said, I I have overcome the world. John chapter 16, verse 33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, there will be trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. There will always be trouble. There's nothing you're going to put your hope in that can save you. We can put our hopes in politics. Yeah, so far, it can go so far. But it's not going to be the ultimate, you know, solution. It, it can be good, you know, help a bit, but that's not the, the main solution. The primary solution is to trust in God. And then through God now, God begins to walk, you know, walk that walk. That's because we have put our trust in him. It's not about what we are going to lose. Think about what the benefit of living God's ways. God gives us direction. God gives you his plan. I mean, you can go to God for wisdom, for counsel. Who better to give us wisdom? Who better? Who put us together? Who created you in your mother's womb? Who, who formed the universe? Who put the earth in place? Who put the heavens in place? He's God. He's got the wisdom. He says, call to me and I will show you great and mighty things. When we put our trust in God, that's the way to go. Abraham is a good example. The Bible calls him the father of faith. Abraham didn't know where he was going, but he trusted God. When God called him and said, Abraham, go to a land, I will show you. He didn't know where he was going. He left everything behind, what he was familiar with, his family and everything. He took his wife and they went. He was going. He was trusting God. He didn't do everything right, but he was obedient. That's the thing with Abraham. God called him perfect but he did not because he did everything right but because he was obedient when god will show him when he missed it god will show him what the way to go abraham will turn and go that way he will obey the lord even to the extent that abraham was willing to lay down the promised child that he waited for for about 25 years before isaac was born and then when god called him to sacrifice that child abraham got up early in the morning and he was going he was not even telling his wife sarah he was going to do it he was obedient because he believed in god he trusted god that god will make a way and god did he didn't have to sacrifice but it was a test but he trusted god's way more than his own way james chapter 1 says if any of you lacks wisdom let him ask of god who gives to all liberally with and without reproach and it will be given to him but let him ask in faith with no doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind when we ask god for wisdom he will give us he will guide us but we should have but we will have to have faith have faith in 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 the ways of the lord trust the lord there is no better way to go than to live a surrendered life 
A surrendered life will result in the manifestation of the fullness of the life God wants us to have. This is the life God wants us to have. That is the abundant life. Nothing missing, nothing broken. We have peace. We have the joy of fellowship with Christ through the Holy Spirit abiding with us always. A surrendered life is a life of the Spirit. It's not a life of the flesh. It's a life built for abundant fruitfulness by the Holy Spirit. What will unfold in this kind of life is what we see in, in Galatians chapter 5. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, 22. Let me read. It says, uh, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, is joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against all these things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with his passion and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So we have to keep in step with the Spirit if we want to be strong in the Lord. This is the kind of life we are called to live. Just like Jesus lived and was victorious against the host of darkness. To this we are called because Christ suffered for us, leaving you us an example. We should follow this path as well. It's not about what we are going to lose. Think about all there is to gain when we surrender to Christ. We have a new name. Jesus says that. John chapter 14 says, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. See, he has given us his own name that if you ask the Father anything in my name, according to his word, it shall be granted so that God will be glorified. So that tells us that the way of God is not a miserable, wretched way that God wants us to follow when he calls us to follow him. He wants to be glorified. Abraham followed him and look at his life. Today, the life of Abraham is still speaking. Abraham became the father of the nations through the seed of Abraham. All the nations are blessed because he, he was willing and he was obedient to God's way. Mark chapter 16 says, And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. See? They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on the sick and they will get well. That is living God's way. This is the benefit of coming to Christ, living our life the way of God, following God's path. So today I want to encourage you, the first place to be strong is not having confidence in yourself. I did that. I failed miserably until I came to Christ I to have life and to have peace and to have hope and to have purpose. God has purpose for you. God has a plan for you. His plan is not evil. So to live the Christian life is not about rules and regulations. It's about putting your faith in Christ, what Jesus has done. Just coming to God and asking him to forgive you of your sins and asking Jesus to come into your life. That's all you have to do. Cry out to God and just ask Jesus, I want you in my life. I want you to be my Lord. That's what you need to do to receive Christ into your life. Amen. That is the way to be strong. Be a follower of Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, then moving on. 
The next thing I want to talk about is prayer. I want to talk about prayer. To be strong in the Lord, we must develop a strong prayer life. You know, the only power that can keep you afloat in life is the strength of God. Because in life, there will be battles. There will be challenges in this life. No matter how much you try to live right and do everything right, there will be challenges in life that we are going to face. And we are going to need to learn how to depend on God. Learn to depend on the source that has never lost any battle. God has never lost a battle. And that is why it is important to prioritize your prayer life. Make prayer your first priority. That's our relationship with God. The place of prayer is the place of power. You know, if you combine all the military strength of this world together, everything and the wisdom of this world, you know, put everything together. One second, it cannot stand before the power of God. That's how powerful God is. So when we are connected with God, we are connected with the real source of power. The power is not the focus, but it's our relationship with God. That is our source of strength. God is our source. It's the life source. It's the source of all things. So when we're connected with God, we are connected. I'm talking about prayer, you know, having that fellowship, setting a specific time and place to have one-on-one with God. That's the essence of why we come to the Lord is that relationship. That's where the power is. Because that's how you get to know the Lord. That's how you get to be led of the Lord. That's how you commune with the Lord. That's where the power is. The depth of your prayer life will determine the, the victories that you will have in life. Look at David, for example. David fought about over 60 battles and he didn't lose any battle. But then when you think about look at his relationship with God. His relationship with God was powerful. God was first priority in his life. I mean, at the age, as a teenager, he went into the valley on his own without any, any protection. So confident in God that he could face a, a, a giant that the whole army could not face. But this boy was willing to go and meet one-on-one with this with this giant this giant who had himself hammered head protection chest protection leg protection spear and everything and all this boy had was nothing on nothing to protect him except five stones smooth stones but he boasted in the lord because because of his work with god his fellowship with god he knew that god keeps covenant because of his prayer god answered him we think about this king, King Jehoshaphat, in Second Chronicles chapter twenty, when he had, you know, battle, three armies. He was faced with three strong armies that came to destroy Judea, destroy Israel. I mean, there was no hope for them because they were overwhelmed. They were surrounded. But this king, what he did was, he went into prayer. He went into prayer. He had no source. He had no resources. He had no strength. He has no military power. There was nothing he could do. 
but he went to God and he said to God, he said, he called a fast. They all fasted and he went to God and said, God, our, we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And when he sought the Lord, he got a reply. God gave him the strategy for the battle. That's what happens when we go to God. God gives us strategies. He gives us guidance. He gives us counsel. He directs our part. He gives us strength that we cannot find in this world. God told him, said, the, the strategy for the battle is just send praises. Sing, sing praises unto God. And that's what he did. The king, Jehoshaphat, he just appointed praises to start praising God. And in fact, they led the battle. They didn't carry one gun against the enemy. As they, as he held on to the word of God, the strategy God gave him, God began to destroy their enemies. God turned their enemies upside down. They destroyed themselves. They, the confusion broke out. They were attacking themselves. Only God can do that. And that is what prayer will do. That is what when we, you know, when you have that bond with God, that's what God will do. Jesus said in Luke chapter 18 that we should always pray and never give up. Men always ought to pray and not give up. He taught us through the parable of the, that woman, uh, the persistent widow who had no hope because the judge was very ungodly, very unrighteous, and there was no hope that this judge was going to do anything. But because of the persistence of this woman in prayer, there was justice. And this is what, who God is. God is not a God that you have to just press in, you have to beg and beg. No, God is a just God. He will always give us justice. That's why Jesus says that we should not, we should always pray. Because if you can pray, you don't need to give up. You don't need to quit because God answers prayer. That's why we should always pray. God answers prayer. God answers sincere prayers. Prayers that are coming from, you know, a true genuine heart based on his will, based on his word. Prayer is our source. That means our relationship with God is a source of life. The most important thing is in your life, in my life, is God. That's prayer fellowship. In John chapter 15, Jesus said, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. When we don't prioritize prayer, we will live a weak life. There will be failures. There will be disappointment. The, the enemy will overwhelm us. But when we have that source of strength, when we make that time, we build strength. We become like a tree that is planted by waters that at all times is evergreen. It's always going on. Even there is trouble there is still strength. There is no hope. God is infusing hope in us. God is making a way supernaturally. You know, we serve a supernatural God. It doesn't depend on the things of this world for God to do, uh, to deliver us. It doesn't de depend on anything, on any natural power, ability. God is able to develop, to deliver supernaturally. And that's what we receive. 
through the power of prayer when we prioritize prayer in closing i am going to read from psalm 91 verses 1 to 4 whoever dwells in the shelter of the most high will rest in the shadow of the almighty i will see of the lord is my refuge and my fortress my god in whom i trust surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge his faithfulness will be your shield and ramp you know the general view of psalm 91 is that it is psalm where you can go to run to when you are in trouble you can grab this psalm and um, you know quote these verses for protection and for deliverance it, it's kind of in a similar way how a lot of people view prayer so many people see prayer as a means of getting out of trouble when trouble strikes they run to god and then they are begging god to deliver them they are praying and when things are okay god is help them out then they just go back to life as normal until another problem comes and then it's time to start praying again no that's not it anyway Psalm 91 is talking about a person who has a lifestyle of prayer. If you look at verse 9, it says, If you say, The Lord is my refuge, and you make the Most High your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent. Listen to that. If you make the Most High your dwelling. So it's a dwelling place. This psalm is a place where you dwell it's talking about a dwelling place a dwelling place is where you live so this psalm is talking about person who is so focused on their relationship with god someone whose mindset is perpetually towards god their mind is full of the things of god they are focused on cultivating their relationship with jesus they have set their minds on things above where christ is that's what the Bible tells us in Colossians. Let your mind be set on the things of God. Set your mind on things above, where Christ is. Because where Christ is, is where we are now as, as believers. We have become one with Christ. We are in a living union with Jesus Christ. Take, for example, married couples. Couples are so mindful of each other. Even when they are not in the same physical location, they are constantly thinking about each other. They, it's just at the back of their mind. They are there constantly. This is kind of a spiritual interpretation of prayer. This is how our relationship is with God. We have become one in union with God through Christ. So the husband in the natural is the covering of the wife, as the Bible says. So in spiritual terms, we are the bride of Christ. So the Lord is our covering because we are in union with Christ. And so therefore we are dwelling in that place. And because of that union, God has become a wall of defense about you. What is destroying other people cannot harm you when you are dwelling in this place. What is when the world is running up and down, they are in trouble, you can be at peace because you are in the dwelling place. You are in the secret place of the Most High God. The presence of God covers you and protects you from the rest of the world. It's a very 
peculiar place to be. The presence of God is surrounding you because you remain there in union with God. So when you, you develop this kind of relationship with God, every area of your life is going to be under the covering of God's protection. There will be protection. The fire of God will cover every area. It will cover your children, your family, your business, your career, your ministry. Everything concerning you is under the caring eyes of God to see to your well-being. God will see to your well-being. God will surround you with his peace. He says that I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon me. Because you've cultivated that dialogue, communication with God. You are thinking of the things of God. You are meditating with God in your heart. God says, I will surround you with my peace. God says, I will give you my favor. will cover you. The fire of God's presence will go before you to make crooked places straight for you. That means God will assign his angels concerning you. That's what that Psalm 91 says, that you will not strike your foot against a stone. They will keep you. They will preserve you. God will assign angels on your behalf because you dwell in that place with God in a secret place. I mean, talking about the, the secret place. When you look at the children of Israel, when they were in Egypt, while the plague, those 10 plagues came upon Egypt and the, the, the people were famished and ravaged and they were in terror and things, I mean, horrible things were happening to them. None of these things came upon the Jewish people. They were kept safe because they were dwelling in the presence of God. God covered them with his presence. They were protected from those plagues from attacking them. In these days, God is calling us to that place, secret place. Make prayer a priority. Set about time to pray and not just have a devotional time in the morning, quiet time, read your Bible, make your journal, but also pray through the day. Bible says pray without ceasing. That means that make a, a prayer habit of where even when you are doing your daily activities, you are praying, you are meditating, you are talking to God. Cultivate that prayer habit. When you are in your car, you are driving to work, you are talking to, to God. When you are in the shower, you are praying, you are talking to God. You know, when you are doing your grocery shopping, you are talking with God. You are having a conversation with God. You are from that habit of dialoguing, communicating with God. And God is communicating back with you as well. As you practice this habit, you will begin to sense the sweetness, the sensitivity of the closeness of God. You sense the sweet presence of God is lingering around you. Your heart is more tender. You're quick to sense the things of the spirit. You find your heart is getting more and more at peace. You find the joy of God radiating in your heart. Praise God. Well, I'm going to have to stop now because of time. So I'm going to continue this teaching next week. We're going to pray now. Father, I just thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people. Thank you for your word that... Um, you have brought to us because you want us to be strong. Even in this season that we are living in, on the hour, on the heart, there's so much going on, but it's not our portion. That's why you want us to be strong in your word because of your promises are yes and amen. 
you have given us your promises as our peace, as our assurance of what you will do, you know, to keep us, to preserve us in the evil days. So I just pray that, Father God, as your word is gone forth, that, Lord, you will manifest the power of your word, your truth in the lives of the listener. I pray for every single person under the sound of my voice, every single person who has taken this message and received it. Father, let your blessing rest upon them, the blessings of your word. Lord, in Jesus' name right now, I take authority against every worry, every anxiety. I come against sickness and diseases. I come against terminal illnesses that says you won't go that that says it's impossible in the name of jesus father i take authority in jesus name and i cast you out i command you to die at the root cancer die in jesus name i come against uh, trouble every trouble right now i speak peace to the storm yes the storm the storm in your home let there be peace in jesus name the storm in your home, the storm in your life. I speak the peace. I speak supernatural solution to problems. Father, I pray for that you will just give wisdom and guidance concerning things that are looking impossible. Bring that supernatural solution. I pray for help in Jesus' name. I pray for financial provision. Thank you, Lord, for, your, for every blessing. Thank you for your peace. We bless you. We praise you. You are a good God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, I have prayed. Amen. Amen. Oh, thank you so much for listening. It's been a joy to have your company in this um, episode. Until the next episode, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. Thank you. Bye-bye.